Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Big Ten Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. It is Wednesday, May 13th, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. A reminder of that pro tip when it comes to your Built Bars. Put them in the freezer. It makes that chocolate covering on the outside even more crisp and cool, and then it makes that gooey, chewy inside even that much better. So thank you again to Built Bar, our presenting sponsors for the entire month of May. And on today's episode, we get back to the breakdown of the 2020 Wisconsin football schedule. Both George Belletri, the sports reporter and anchor from NBC15 in Madison, and Asher Lowe, the host of the Locked On Badgers podcast, are back on the show today to finish out the two remaining categories for Wisconsin's 2020 schedule breakdown. A reminder of those categories. We've already gone through the first two. The bet the house games, in which you are 100% confident Wisconsin will win that game. And then the primetime game, the game that is circled on the calendar with an outstanding amount of hype. The next two categories that we have yet to finish are the must-win games. It's a game that Wisconsin needs to win to get to where they want to be at at the end of the season. And then the can't-lose game, which is pretty much a trap game that the Badgers can ill afford to lose. So those two remaining categories, the must-win and the can't-lose, are still ahead on this episode, as well as both George and Asher's final record predictions for Wisconsin in the 2020 college football season. So let's get back into that schedule breakdown for the Wisconsin Badgers coming up right now. A quick sidebar before we get back to the schedule. George, you mentioned Jonathan Taylor obviously gone to the NFL, now playing for the Indianapolis Colts. Nikia Watson and Garrett Groshek look to be his fill-ins this upcoming year for the Badgers. How do you guys, both George and Asher, like those two replacements? I like them when you throw in the name Jalen Berger as well, the recruit mm. they got in coming in from Don Bosco Prep. You know, yes, he's a true freshman. Jersey but strong, baby. As a freshman. Yeah, keep that Jersey running back pipeline coming. I mean, Nikia Watson, what do you have last season? About 75 carries. And Garrett Groshek was their good third down back and pass blocking situations also showed good hands as well. Are either of them as explosive and athletic as JT? No, but I think Jalen can be not as strong, but definitely a good receiving back out of the backfield. So Wisconsin could go by committee. You know, it won't be as much of just a pound the rock down after down, and you're never going to tackle them for a loss between those backs. But I think those guys can make jumps in their game. And I think with the help of the athleticism and explosiveness of Jalen Berger, I do like Wisconsin's running back by committee to fill in for their first year without Jonathan Taylor. But fans this upcoming season are going to realize the luxury that was JT for the past three years. I think one more name I would throw into that mix. So I definitely think Jalen Berger is a huge name to throw in. Garrett Groshek will play. I'm not sure exactly how much. And Nikia Watson should be the favorite to be the guy that gets the most touches out of the gate. Although, as we saw with a guy like Jonathan Taylor, he came into week one in his freshman season as the third string running back. And that didn't take long to change. So you never know with Wisconsin when they're going with a committee of running backs as they were uh, three years ago in Taylor's freshman year. You never know what's going to happen. I think Isaac Arendo should also be in that conversation just because of what we saw at the end of the year with him. Had a couple flashy bursts. I think he'll be in the mix somewhere, whether it's in the return game. We saw a big return against Minnesota that kind of changed momentum a little bit in that game when Minnesota was trying to grab it back. Arendo had a, a little trickery and had a big return. So I think that we also saw him in the Rose Bowl a little bit. So I think that we'll see him as well as kind of a speed option, a counter speed option to Nikia Watson. I think Jalen Berger is probably the most exciting uh, player just because of a jersey back, you know, from the pipeline, a freshman, and a guy that's going to come in and his tape is scary. So he's going to come in and be ready to play right away. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Berger is the main guy in the backfield uh, come week two or three. But it should be Nikia Watson's job to lose early. And – 
one thing we know for sure, it's going to be a committee of guys. You mentioned JT coming on strong his freshman year. That was always why I think Wisconsin will have Nebraska's number because that game when he just pounded Nebraska each and every time in 2016 and then again in 2017 will always be my lasting memory of Nebraska versus Wisconsin game. Sorry to my Husker fans that are listening out there, but that will always, always be my lasting memory. We don't even need to talk about Melvin Gordon in the Big Ten title game. We don't even need to go there. All right, so, Asher, let's move on back to our schedule breakdown and your must-win in the category for Wisconsin's 2020 football season. So I agree with George that my must-win was going to be Iowa, but for the sake of the pod, I'm going to go at Northwestern. And I think that that at Northwestern game, to me, it screams trap. And I was looking at, you know, I wouldn't have thought the at Illinois game would have been a trap game, but in reality, if you look at the schedule before the year started last year, it made a lot of sense. You had a big game coming up that next week, which you don't have in that Northwestern game, but it's a place that Wisconsin went, and in that Illinois game, they went. They weren't really going to get anything out of winning it. Uh, even if they won it by 40, it wouldn't really have mattered. They were favored by 31 points going into that game. Right. I mean, that game was just kind of a throwaway when you knew this team was headed for Indy, or at least you thought they were for sure. And then, of course, they laid an egg in the second half and had a disaster in the fourth quarter. I think that Northwestern game on November 7th kind of screams trapped me a little bit. I think Northwestern won't be good. I don't think they'll be as bad as they were last year. And they'll be, you know, they'll, they'll maybe be a bowl eligible team at best. A six win team is probably the, the, the ceiling for them. I'd see more four or five wins next year for Northwestern. But that game on the road, it's a place where I went two years ago. I went to that game at Northwestern and it was ugly to say the least. It's not a place you really want to go and kind of face that trap environment. It's a dangerous place to play sometimes. And for the Badgers, like you said earlier, Ben, they haven't had a lot of success against Northwestern recently, especially that game two years ago comes to mind. I mean, that thing was terrible. One mm-hmm. of the worst games I've ever witnessed as a student. It was absolutely a disaster. Um, and I think that this game kind of screams trap a little bit based on where it's placed and the fact that Wisconsin will be cruising by that time or should be cruising by that time. And in fact, I mean, you, you brought it up where they're going to play. I think it'll help them that it'll be at Wrigley. So at best for Northwestern, be a neutral side game. But also, and you make a good point, as much as we dog on Northwestern's offense, they do know how to defend Wisconsin's yep. rushing attack. And that game last year at home at Camp Randall Stadium was an ugly win for the Badgers. Very they had bad fantastic. turnovers. Yeah, they had bad turnovers throughout it. JT was getting the go. They, they scored on the opening possession, obviously. But after that, the offense kind of sputtered out, was struggling the rest of the game. So there were certain points where I was worried during that Northwestern game. And Hey, I mean, when it comes to conference games, everybody knows everybody by this point. They know what Wisconsin's going to do, and then Northwest knows how to match up defensively. So we'll see. And it, it'll only be easier in a way for the Wildcats that they're not going to have a guy like Jonathan Taylor attacking them every down, and they're not going to have a guy like Quintez Sivas they're going to have to worry to cover. I think that's going to be a big miss by the Badgers this upcoming season as well. One more thing about that game. It's at Wrigley, and I think that I was super confident about that Notre Dame game at Lambeau feeling like a home game for sure. This Northwestern game will be a home game. I'm just not sure how huge Wisconsin's presence will be over Northwestern's fans, only because I feel like this might just be like Northwestern Super Bowl in a way, like at Wrigley, a special environment playing yeah. Wisconsin. It could be one of the kind of the games that students just flock to when they don't go to a lot of their games because Northwestern has definitely a problem with getting students to go to games. I know that for a fact, mm-hmm. based on friends that go there who try to get kids to go, and it's not always the easiest thing, especially when they were, you know, one and nine at the end of last year. But besides the point – at Wrigley, I feel like it's this special environment, this special game. You might see a huge contingent of Northwestern fans, more than you would even possibly for a home game in some ways. Uh, and I say that seriously because they really had problems last year at the end of the year after they started losing, getting people to actually come to games students-wise. 
Do you think Northwestern talks to the grounds crew at Wrigley and asks them to grow out the grass like they have at Ryan Field, which has caused multiple, multiple teams across many conferences trouble, but especially Wisconsin when they focus on the run game? That stadium's ridiculous. I, I can't stand <laughs> that stadium. I mean, I, they, they put us – I went for student radio two years ago, and they put us – I mean, talk about on the roof. I mean, we were literally on the roof. I mean, I could not see a thing. I was, like, up by the snipers, like, where, where like, the they put snipers for the Rose Bowl. I was that high up. Like, on the roof, terrible concrete jungle, not a fan of Ryan Field, not a fan of the grass, not a fan of the roof. I'm just, I'm just not the biggest fan of going there. I don't really want to go there again because it's a place where Wisconsin just kind of, kind of always has problems. You would think Northwestern, a school with a great journalism school, would respect student journalists there to call a game. But, I mean, the lack of respect they showed you, Asher, is astounding I mean, to me. Ohio State gave me a strawberry banana smoothie. I had a Mc, little, little Mc, McCafe frappe. I had, I had a full breakfast spread at Ohio State. I mean, Columbus was fantastic, but Evanston, not so much. We move on to the can't-lose category in an exciting matchup against a team Asher has been burning to talk about coming up in just a moment. But first, a word from our good friends at Built Bar. A reminder not only just to put them in the freezer, but how great and tasty these bars are. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have 16 amazing flavors, eight of which are chocolate and nut flavors. Eight of the other ones are chocolate and nut-free flavors. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, which when you put them in the freezer, makes them even more incredible. And they are soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber. The other day, I had what has now been my favorite Built Bar. It has moved to the top of my Built Bar power rankings, and that was the Mint Brownie Built Bar. 15 grams of protein, only 110 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. So I got 15 grams of protein while eating something that tasted like a candy bar that only had 110 calories in it. Oh my God. That is the dream right there. And the mint brownie flavor, which is now my favorite, has all of that. So make sure you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON, that is L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. You can even build your own box selecting the flavors that you want to come into that first pack. So again, use LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first purchase. Okay, more with George and Asher coming up in just a moment. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Getting back to the schedule here, my must-win category was George's honorable mention, and it is that first game of the year for Wisconsin at home against Indiana. First off, let me just say, in the current state that we are living in now, think about Friday night, September 4th, and opening the college football season with a Big Ten battle between Wisconsin and Indiana. That is going to be a dream. I dream and tear up a little bit thinking about that day. So first and foremost, I'm just super excited for when we will be able to see that game, hopefully as we say a prayer up, as I always do when I talk about this stuff. 
But Indiana, George, like we kind of got into there when you said they weren't that good of a team, whatever. I'm still a Tom Allen guy. Eight and five last year. They're best since 1993, 16 seasons, and they get a whole lot of that back. They have a little bit of a quarterback battle, but between two guys with a proven track record in Penix and Peyton Ramsey, two guys that can sling it around. They have Wap Filler. Is that his name? I, I kind of – what's his last name? Do you guys remember? Wap Filler? Filler? Fillier? I don't know. I only know I only know about their quarterback situation because I watched Michael Penix a lot and he's a beast. Yeah. Well, whatever. Watt Filler, as I think his name. Anyway, if I mess that up, my apologies. But they get a lot back and on the defensive side of the ball is of the ball as well. So for Wisconsin, it's a tough test to start the year. I still think they win. They will be the heavy favorite heading into that game. Wisconsin just a talented, more talented team across the board against the Hoosiers. But it's a game that if Wisconsin doesn't look that good, or God forbid they lose if you're a Badgers fan it derails their entire season right off the jump. So for me, that is my must-win game for Wisconsin in 2020. They did open, by the way, Ben. They opened as a 15-point favorite, according to BetMGM. That's my sponsor, USA Today, so I got to throw them out. Oh, yeah. Uh, shout out BetMGM. They already have some good lines out, and they have all of Wisconsin's first four games out. And, yeah, minus 15 against Indiana in week one, which is, I think, an interesting number. I think about pretty, pretty fair. Yeah, I would say I was going to say around a two touchdown spread right now anyway. So that makes a lot of sense. All right. So let's continue on now with our fourth and final category for our schedule breakdown for the Wisconsin Badgers in 2020 with our can't lose game of the year. So this being a trap game, a game that Wisconsin can, of course, ill afford to lose. So Asher, we'll start with you this time. Who is your can't lose game for the Badgers in 2020? Oh, I was teasing it earlier. I cannot wait to talk about this game. This game is going to be absolute trap city. More than Northwestern. This game this game is going to be a complete dogfight. And that's, of course, Wisconsin and Appalachian State. Yep. Week three at home. Or week four, technically. Uh, no, week three. Week three. Yeah, no yeah, buys until then. September 19th is going to be a ridiculous dogfight. With Appalachian State, hear the name. You think they're nothing. You think Wisconsin rolls in and wins by 50. Then I tell you that in the last two years, this Appalachian State team has lost a total of three games in the regular season. Three regular season games over two years. They are back-to-back New Orleans Bowl winners. They were a top 25. Ah, the famed New Orleans Bowl. Wonderful you game. How about the New Orleans Bowl? Come on now. Hey, no uh, there. Than, You're right. Better than the pinstripe bowl, honestly. Oh! Uh, but, but it is. It is. I, I mean, it's yeah. not a bad bowl game. But anyway, Appalachian State were a top 25 team for a lot of the year last year. And I'm not just talking about beating the likes of Louisiana Monroe, Georgia Southern, South Alabama, the teams they play every year. I'm talking about beating South Carolina on the road. I'm talking about beating North Carolina on the road. I'm talking about beating or almost beating, sorry, almost beating Penn State in week one two years ago when they were the number 12th ranked team. And when I say almost, I mean about as almost as you can get. That game went to overtime. Appalachian State led for nearly the entirety of that game. They let it uh, – it was tied 10-10 at halftime. The Mountaineers put up – Appalachian State put up 28 points in the fourth quarter alone in that game two years ago, and they're not much different. Uh, They are still coming with a bunch of the same talent that allowed them to win back-to-back New Orleans Bowl games, and especially at home, it just feels like a trap, but I know know that Paul Chris and this team, they really really try to avoid that conversation at all costs. George, you mentioned earlier, like, you know the media is going to come in, and we're going to ask them, this Illinois game this year, you know, it's going to be redemption, blah, blah, blah. Is it going to be a trap again? What are, what are, what are, and they, they are extremely serious about not letting themselves look ahead of the next opponent. Like they, they are focused on that week. I know that from just being in the room, you know, talking with, with Paul Chris and in the media sessions, they are very focused on the opponent. I don't think they're going to overlook Appalachian State, but I think fans might overlook Appalachian State 
when they look at the schedule. George, you can't lose game. Because, Asher, that will be mine, but I'll get to it in just a moment. We'll, uh, we'll have George speak first. My can't-lose game is their third-to-last game of the season. Tough road game at Purdue. Mm. Now, of course, they have not lost to Purdue since 2003 when some guy named Kyle Orton was leading the Boilermakers. But uh, Old neckbeard. Old neckbeard. But Purdue comes out. They run that spread offense. They like to throw the heck out of the ball and really – try to test out and stretch out the Wisconsin defense. And to me, you look at it, like I said, an on-the-road game, then upcoming after that, home versus Nebraska, then home against Iowa. This is when Big Ten West standings, the pressure of that really starts to creep in. And for them to go on the road to play that game, after that at Northwestern game at Wrigley Field, it's, it's just a tough stretch of games that I think are going to be a lot higher pressure-wise than people would expect. And Purdue always plays Wisconsin well. I think the Badgers do win that game. But to me, it comes down to a can't-lose game because so much will be resting on those simple wins when it comes to their division games, including Purdue. George, I completely agree with the way that you describe that as well because where it falls in the schedule is the definition of a can't-lose game because although Northwestern may be talent-wise not a huge game, as we have talked about, the atmosphere, the environment heading into Wrigley Field to play that game will be ginormous. And then they come back at home against Nebraska in their final home game of the regular season. And don't forget, folks, the game against Nebraska is a rivalry game. It's a trophy game. It's the Freedom Trophy. How can we forget the Freedom Trophy? I've never forgot the Freedom Trophy. I know you guys haven't either. So that game at Purdue will be a trap game for Wisconsin. Purdue should get back a healthy Rondell Moore this year as well, who's one of the most electrifying players in the Big Ten, if not the entire country. So a great selection there as well. But my can't-lose game, as I mentioned after Asher talked about it, is also that Appalachian State game because – it is the third game of the year before what we've already mentioned is a huge stretch for Wisconsin's schedule. The three following weeks after the Mountaineers come to town in Wisconsin is at Michigan, the game at Lambeau against Notre Dame, and then the game against Minnesota at home that very well could decide who will be the front runner for the rest of the season for the Big Ten West. So, Asher, like you mentioned, I don't expect Wisconsin to overlook Appalachian State because they are such a good football team. 13-1 and last year with the two upsets over two Power 5 schools. They took Penn State for all they could handle two years ago. We know the history of the Mountaineers taking down Goliaths of college football. You don't have to look much farther than that historic game against Michigan that really put them on the map. But Appalachian State can move the ball so well on offense. They are electrifying, up-tempo at times. They return a lot of the same guys that led them to a 13-1 and season last year. So that could be a little bit of confusion for Wisconsin, who comes off Indiana and Southern Illinois, to really see that spread offense for the first time in the 2020 season. So for me, it's a can't-lose game because it really is a trap game early on in the third week of the season. And if they lose that game, the Badgers do. Again, it's another game that's going to be like, damn, this kind of really messed up our schedule, messed up where we wanted to go, what our sights were set on. We round out the breakdown of Wisconsin's 2020 football schedule with George and Asher and get their predictions for a final record the Badgers will have in 2020 coming up next. So let's finish now. We have about five minutes left, Zoom tells me, so we'll get it in right under the wire. And I trust you guys because you guys are two pros pros. Let's go with our season predictions record-wise for Wisconsin in 2020. George, lead the way. You got to come back to me on this one because I need some time to think and formulate it. It's fun. I knew you were coming to that, and Listen. I was like, and it's one I always hold off on, but I don't like doing the win losses. But I'm going through now. So right, I like you. that you're doing the math right now. So in preparation of Georgia's answer, Asher, do you have one ready? Because I can take it if you need, but go ahead if you have it. Quick clarifying question: Do we want yeah. just the record, or do I want to know? Do you want to know what game they're going to lose if they're going to lose one? Oh, give me all you got. 
If you got it, give me all you that's got. My, that's my toughest thing. I think this team goes eleven and one. Mm-hmm. I I really have a hard time picking that one. Yeah, uh, I think they're gonna, there's going to be a game where they slip up. There's too many tough opponents. I will say very very confidently that that game at Michigan is going to be a win. Like I said before, I think Michigan is is a very very down football team from where they even were a year ago, where they were down from two years ago. They they're on the decline. And there's no secret about it, and Michigan fans know it. There's a big problem there with Jim Harbaugh and crew just kind of just not going in the right direction. It's all trending down in Ann Arbor right now. The Appalachian State game, it's tough. I love to talk about it. You know, I love to paint them as a Cinderella. Wisconsin's going to win that football game at home. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't at home, I'd be a lot more worried. But somewhere in the Notre Dame, heck, Minnesota, you don't want to count them out at all, even, right. even on the road, a place where they won two years ago uh, at Camp Randall, and an Iowa game on the road. I, I think probably my, my biggest – one loss bet would be at Iowa in that last game of the season at Kinnick, just because of the environment, how tough it is to win there. But I can't really paint the one loss with any certainty, but I do think this team goes 11 and one and slips up somewhere. Yeah. It's going to be hard to say where Wisconsin loses. There's a lot of games, a lot of marquee games that you look at and it's like, Oh, this is going to be a tough test. This is going to be a tight game, a great football game for everybody to watch and be involved in. But do they actually come out on the losing side? I don't know. Also just to note, their team win total has been set at nine and a half by Vegas. So I would lean the over of the nine and a half win there. And I think Asher would as well as he points to the sky. So George, your record for the Wisconsin bad. So Ben for mine, I mean, I like, I like where Asher's heads at. And I kind of agree. I see this as a one loss team, tough to pin it. My toss ups are the Appalachian state game, even though Michigan's trending down, the big house is a tough place to play. And then that Minnesota game with Tanner Morgan, and Rashad Bateman coming back, Rashad Bateman, is possibly a top 10 pick in next year's draft. So that's where I think those games are tough. And then at Iowa as well. For Appalachian State, Scott Satterfield is now at Louisville. Instead, Sean Clark. We'll see if they can keep up how well they've been playing the past five years. I mean, there's so many toss-ups. I do see it's just it's Wisconsin. They're going to slip up at one point in the season. Can they recover? The toughest part will be how they open up this season because that will really determine them, especially that Appalachian State at Michigan, Notre Dame, Minnesota, and then even at Maryland stretch. That will be tough for them. I think somewhere along that way is when they'll collect the loss. Yeah, I agree. I think that it's going to be tough. I'm going to lean 10 and two here, just to a little bit of variety. It could very well be 11 and one. I think they will lose one of those marquee games. I don't think it's at Michigan. It could be Notre Dame or Minnesota. And then I think right in the middle of that schedule, George, that you mentioned Northwestern Purdue, probably not Nebraska and Iowa to end the year right towards the end of their schedule, the home stretch. I could see them slipping up in one of those games losing a very tight one, a close one. So I'm going to side 10 and two, but I still think they're the big 10 West champs. And I still think they face Ohio state in the big 10 championship game that we hope to see on Saturday, December 5th. So my guys, George Belecci, a sports reporter and anchor in Madison at NBC 15 and Asher Lowe, the host of the locked on Badgers podcast to both of you. I say, thank you very much. It's fun to talk college football. So it's great to have both of you on. And I hope we can have fun talking about throughout the season and watching it in person. I pray for that. Yes, I agree. I second that. Always good to be on, Ben. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. So many thanks again to the two best Wisconsin guys that I truly know, my good friends, George Belecci and Asher Lowe, for joining me for two episodes to start off the 2020 college football schedule breakdowns of all 14 teams in the Big Ten. Of course, we start off with the Wisconsin Badgers. We did that because in 2019, Wisconsin was the Big Ten West title winners. The second place team in the Big Ten West from 2019 was the Minnesota Golden Gophers. So 
that would lead you to assume, and rightfully so, that coming on Friday's show, we get to the 2020 schedule breakdown for Minnesota. We will have some guests on the podcast. We will run through the four categories. Again, those being bet the house, the primetime game, the must-win game, and the can't-lose game, and talk everything P.J. Fleck, rowing the boat, Sky Uma, all of it for Minnesota's 2020 football schedule on Friday. And we just wrapped up our NFL draft conversation this past week on the Locked On Big Ten podcast. But if you've been enjoying what you've been hearing, make sure to tune in to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board, former ESPN draft guru, insider, expert, whatever you want to call him. Chad Ford is now with the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are so glad to have him. So tell your smart device right now to play Chad Ford's NBA Big Board, and it'll do just that. Until we talk on Friday, when we're talking all about Minnesota, Have a splendid couple of days.